That catch uh, was so impressive. Like the commentators thought he got away with OPI when it happened yeah. live. And then Danielson they watched the replay like, and they're like, oh no, he just went up that high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Danielson was like, I thought he hooked him a little bit and pulled him down, but nope, I'm wrong. And I was like, wow, Gary Danielson said a, had, said a nice thing. Like, yeah. This is crazy. From your lips but. to God's ears, Gary. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everyone. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends. We talk about college football and lifestyle. You can find us at www.thewheelroute.com, at the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, shout out to Andy Staples, wrote an article about wheel routes in general this year, uh, this week, I think. Um, enjoyable. Uh, we were not mentioned, regrettably. That, but we're going to get maybe better. part two or the follow up yeah. article. Right, right, right. Part uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, etc., etc. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I am on Twitter at LogwanTheDon, where um, I am busy building a case for various defensive coordinator candidates for the Florida Gators. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot popping. Um, beautiful weekend here in South Florida. Had some some cool weather yesterday. Had a fire going in the backyard. Had a a few acquaintances over for a little uh, Christmas um, cookie decorating fiesta that we've done past couple years. So, uh, you know, building new traditions, Jordan, building new traditions. We're out here just fully immersed in the season. I was a great sport about it all. I'll have you know. So I'm glad uh, I was going to ask how, how are the increased (laughs) positive vibes this holiday season? Heavily, heavily increased. Um, We are celebrating at an unprecedented rate around these parts throttle uh, wide open on christmas <laughs> spirit this year <laughs> right exactly but uh and then uh yeah today lovely day went and hit some golf balls uh got mm. about you know went bought the medium bucket and then then uh, my swing my swing coach made himself available and uh so i went and bought a small bucket and we got after it so i was i i did a good job of reinforcing all my bad habits with 100 balls and then i hit another 50 with uh newer better habits so uh right you know we're on the road to victory here. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I'm still in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we are continuing to thaw out from the wintry precipitation we received since the last episode. Uh, gotta say, a little disappointed in the accumulation totals. Uh, sure. Was expecting a little bit closer to like 8 to 12 inches, but I think that went north uh yes. just missed the friendly city so we got we got maybe like four inches of snow and some sleet and you know just the nasty stuff um but yeah i'm on uh twitter.com at shank jordan uh i i saw a lovely tweet from one ucf football account today um in I reference to the uh the playoff rankings maybe i'll DM uh. it to you but uh yeah so other yeah other than than rankings and talking about rankings not a lot going on on that website sometimes it's best when that's the case yep um yeah this is a pretty chill weekend here didn't uh didn't try to exert myself too hard on any projects or anything (laughs) just watch some ball um i do have 
a potential car, another car project coming down oh. the pipe. Uh, we, we have a potential overheating situation to address. Okay. And boy, am I praying it's not the head gaskets because that would be the most 2020 yeah. thing to happen. But uh, driving, just have to... driving over the mountain to and from Charlottesville last week for some stuff, my temperature gauge started climbing way up towards the red, which has never happened before. Um, so that's nice and concerning. I, yeah. I, have, God. I have figured out already, though, that my radiator cap is bad. Um, mm. So I'm hoping it's just that. Like, I've read plenty of anecdotes where it was just it the just radiator popped, cap. It popped off. Okay. Okay. Well, that's yeah. Oh, so there's like that's a good place to start. Good place yeah. to start. So, uh, hoping to get that addressed this week. Fingers crossed. And, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Cause that, like, the radiator cap's a $20 fix and the head gasket job would be like two to three grand. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know that the head gasket job is like, one of those ones that's like recommended to do usually, right? It's usually just like, yeah, you should probably just go ahead and use two to three grand, put down on a, a on a vehicle yeah, that maybe has a, a, a do, yeah. do projects. Yeah, that, but. been there. I think that may or may not have been uh, the issue that led to one uh, missing from the podcast host tonight, Jason Crick's uh, infamous bachelor party um, issues, in which he, you know, ended up pulling all of his life's work and savings in his GMC Jimmy that had blown up, uh, blown the head gasket, I think on the side of the road somewhere in the middle of South Carolina. Um, another, I'm sure we'll tell that story again sometime for the 500th yeah, time on the podcast, but a classic, uh, great times. Are you drinking tonight, Jordan? Yeah. yeah it's some, another, it's another topo and lime Sunday night. Just doing it with the boys or Love just it. the boy in this case. The boy. That's me. I'm the boy. Um, I have a little G&T here, fresh out of the freezer. Made them in the jar, frozen in the jar. They get a little slushy. Break them up with a spoon. Nice. A little leftover from the Fiesta. Have had, you know, probably too many beers this weekend, so I wanted to change it up a little bit. Um, It wasn't that I, like, got, like, just hammered on beers. It was more just, you know, sometimes you're just, you're done on beers. A little bloaty. Yeah, I'm I'm tired of the the carbonation and and all that. Yes, the yeastiness. So uh, we are, we're we're out here um, moving along. Jason is is not with us this evening. Uh, I believe the Dukes are, were in action. Um, Hard to say. There's action happening all around the JMU Duke Basketball Nation. I saw their Florida game got canceled, though, so um yeah i think this might have been like again oh they they really took it to alice lloyd college oh alice lloyd alc do you know where alice lloyd is located southwestern virginia close ish regionally bristol tennessee kentucky okay (laughs) all right that, that state is down close to I don't know what part of Kentucky, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, Kentucky, that state it could be like the Cincinnati part of Kentucky. It could be the Indiana yeah, part of Kentucky. It's hard to say. Right. Uh, Kentucky's is is a bridge state in many ways. I've also said this, but um, I uh, yeah, I mean, any, anything else to report on? Pretty pretty chill weekend. Some some fun football, some not so fun football. Must yeah. say, I mean, that's the way it's kind of gone. Some, yeah. some football that didn't happen. It's kind of, I, I, it was really, I will say it was really weird watching 
scores come across because it being championship weekend, yeah. I'm used to paying attention to maybe five or six games the entire right. Saturday. But it was sure. weird seeing scores come across for other like Big Ten games or SEC games. Texas and A&M, Tennessee. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, That's just I'd always have to do the mental clarity of is this a basketball score? Is this a football <laughs> score? Like, <laughs> do I need to care about this at all? What's right. going on? So a uh, little more mental work than I was hoping to do from time to time, but I survived. That's the important gotcha. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting all around times of, uh, of just life, but Hey, it's okay. Uh, got way too wrapped into the Friday night, big, uh, pack 12 championship game. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, that was a fun, that was a fun one for the, for the squad. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. I like, I like foosball. It's all right. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think I have anything else. I don't think I have anything else to get. The house looks wonderful, though. I want you to know that. All right, we got some nice, tasteful, lighted garland on the front of the house. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, and a uh, little little wreath action. Spent a good portion of my Friday assisting with the uh, the desiccation of some uh, um, citrus fruits in the oven at like two hundred degrees for just hours uh, to make nice, tasteful uh, wreath adornments. So we are. Deep in the game over here. Let me tell you, it. practically effervescent with holiday cheer. That's, I don't know if <laughs> you can tell. Your, your <laughs> yes. holiday goblets are overflowing with cheer. Right, right. And um, yeah, and as mentioned, happy to work with my swing coach today. Really feel like we've turned a bit of a corner. Got some things dialed in. Um, yeah, I saw pictures with alignment sticks in them. Like that, alignment sticks. We got all ball. kinds of, we got all kinds of uh, little foldable rods and things that I was not supposed to be touching while I swung full speed all around and through them, um, which is good. It was good. Uh, I, I mean, it's, um, I will be the first to admit that I classify a lot of that stuff as you're going to need to use the bleep button here, but silly, silly. Um, okay. Snake oil say. sometimes. Yes. And so anytime you see a guy that's got like, you know, the, the big weighted ball thing or like the club that like breaks in the middle, if you're like swing, isn't like, fully extended or whatever like i always just think that stuff is, is silly but um and like i would consider that i don't have like a terrible looking golf swing on on the surface like mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a serviceable golf swing i make decent contact but uh when you got actually got someone that like wants to help you get better and knows what they're talking about like there were certainly some issues to work on there and uh so so we did believe me we did got deep into it but uh it was good it was it was interesting um if you i guess treat it simpler if you eliminate we're really working on eliminating variables here right so you have as few variables as possible um and yeah i just think long and short of it jordan was my swing was just way too steep uh starting i I don't really turn my hips didn't really turn my wasn't really turning my hips very much so Mm. take away looks really good you have the fluidest hips in the back back line on the soccer field this not, is true. not this even is true. using those dynamic bad boys I know. on the golf Which is, evidently it was a real shame because i should be turning and burning a lot a lot more yeah. than i am but uh yeah i think like, first 25 percent of the swing looks really good on the takeaway but then instead of rolling my hips to open up and like kind of keep the swing plane like a nice circular swing plane i would basically compensate by just going more directly straight in the air and then I could just never get back on swing plane. So I'd just be coming right on top of the ball and come right through it. Nice little and, parabolic action. Yeah. Doing all the things 
that caused my sort of befuddling ball flight issues and random <laughs> and things like that. So hey, we're out here. No one needs to. Uh, no one needs to get any extra diagnosis of my golf game. Um, but I did manage to actually hit uh, hit some good drivers today. Which let me tell you, you really, <laughs> real That's a huge mental hurdle. To go ahead and, and just let a couple of them um, go boom, which was nice. You know who else was hitting some nice drivers this weekend was one Charlie Woods. Yes, yes, he was. That's, uh, yes. That footage is scary. How like he's uh-huh. he apparent uh, he allegedly just caught the golf bug really this year. Uh-huh. Okay, which like I'm I'm sure that he had been playing and practicing around with dad, right? You know previously, but he is uh, eleven. Yeah, to, for an eleven-year-old to be just like. I want to go play competitively on TV now and just be roping the thing is insane. It's absolutely yeah. insane. The the confidence with which he swings, like, like I saw him hit that one five wood uh, that he ended up eagling that hole on, but like that was a big boy shot. I mean, mm-hmm. he really just had, he had to step right up to it and, and swung at it and got it there. It Turned like, it around the corner and be nice. <laughs> that sounds great. So, <laughs> right. yeah. Shots to Charlie. Delightful footage, though. And, like, super adorable, too. Love to see it. Yeah. Just super wholesome, like, watching Tiger get excited, like, genuinely excited about stuff. Yes. Because he's been such a robot for pretty much his whole career. Right. And, like, to see those moments, you're just like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. Definitely. Um, Not to... (laughs) Like not the only fun uh, parent-child golf we saw this weekend, though. As uh, John, one John Daly was out there as well, playing with his son John Daly, going with, with his the, large uh, adult son, little John Daly. Yeah. The Myrtle Beach Santa Claus look was that what you what you called it? I believe in the group chat. He's yeah, more like, or less. If, if Santa like Claus had gone to Bike Week, yeah, yeah, it is like a, yes, that's what it was. It's a shock white like mullet situation, and then he's got a similar shock white kind of like uh Fu Manchu um Hulk Hogan type yeah. thing going on and he just wears a, like a fluffier chin strap too so yes. there's weird <laughs> like, thinning yes, and thickening out patterns right and he wears the Oakleys the white like athletic like baseball player looking white M frames yep. yeah white frames and then he's also got a Arkansas Razorbacks just pullover on at the same time and he's just ripping heaters the whole time. I mean, like, it could not have been a more perfect, like, could not care less what you think. I am still John Daly. This is still what I do. Yeah. Look, um, shout out to him. Yeah. So I did, I did actually watch some of that broadcast and learned that his son, little John Daly is, okay. is attending the university of Arkansas in mm-hmm. the coming fall. I believe. Don't know if he's playing on the golf team. Um, Was he good? Yeah, he, he can play. Like he's okay. been playing okay. in this event for a couple of years, I think. Um okay. there's like there's a highlight of it might have been his first year playing in it where he steps up to the draw to the tee and just like laces a driver and it it caught the commentator so off guard that one of them is just like, Good lord, that was a mess. <laughs> like, just pure not scripted at all. They're just like, Holy this is incredible. Like, what a swing. Love it. Uh, and Justin Thomas and his dad were also out there. Justin Thomas's dad giving off big time proud dad energy yep. the whole time. The lots of like of the tournament. Lots the of Thomas's. camera out, doing a lot of phone camera action. Um, Justin Thomas, my neighbor, pretty much. We're going to be boys soon. Stone's throw. Yeah. We're getting there. 
Um, all right, cool. Uh, let's keep it moving here. Coaching carousel still spinning, still open. Uh, the season sort of officially came to an end today. I haven't seen any other jobs come open today. But uh, I, I, we did have National Signing Day this week, as discussed. Um, usual suspects going on there. But there's usually a coming and going of assistant coaches as coaches post national signing day as well yeah. as uh, different staffs get filled up or backfilled or refilled or all things of that nature. I'm interested to see Jordan, how much um, moving forward, if it, it, it's been pretty bad, the assistant coaches coming and going after national signing day the past few years, but I wonder if the transfer portal uh, slows it down Might in a some of that. measurable way, because yeah, it would, it would appear that kids now are offered the opportunity sort of to transfer almost immediately. Yeah. Um, but so. I thought we had been kind of moving in that direction anyhow, like the sure. NCAA was allegedly going to be more lenient in letting kids out of their letter of intent if their either position coach moved on after they signed. Because it used to be like you can only get out of it if the head coach changed. Right. But I think there were some plans to be a little more understanding. But, yeah, now with the – the transfer uh, market essentially being free agency now. I think yeah. that that should hopefully just like if well, if it's a bad look. I mean, it, want to happen like just do them. Don't like don't try to play anybody on on the way out type deal. Yeah, what did what did Auburn's recruiting class end up at? Do you know? I don't. I can check real quick. I'm just curious, like yeah, because. You would think that they would be in a bit of a pickle not having a head football coach right now, uh, but you know maybe, maybe not. I see them at forty first in the nation right now with okay. thirteen commits. I don't know I how am... many signed. They are sandwiched by Michigan oh, State at forty and Rutgers at forty two. Okay. Uh, they must, I think I did, I feel like I saw a thing that said they had a lot of kids that were committed that did not sign early, which is to be expected. So sure. uh, we'll, we'll see, but I, you got to think they'll bounce up a little bit, but uh, they're going to need to get a head coach kind of installed there and in recruiting because yeah. things could go pretty sideways there at Auburn pretty quickly. I feel like. Cause you only have basically like not even a month and a half until the February signing day. Correct. You you got Christmas, New Year's, and then you got a month mm -hmm. to 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 fill some roster spots. Right, might be uh, a JUCO route pretty hard. Florida, um, it was kind of a funny story. They offered a three star offensive tackle on National Signing Day, and he like committed and faxed his faxed his letter in in like less than an hour. It was hilarious. Good for him. Uh, he, was, he was ready to roll. I wonder if he was like one of those. Uh, you know, side promise kind of kids was like, all right, if we, you know, if we, if have, we have a spot, spot for you, you we're going to yeah. offer you kind of thing. Florida needs help on the offensive line. Um, it would maybe be nice if they stopped getting so many, um, you know, uh, long-term projects at offensive line and just got some ready to play like big boys. But, uh, you know, one day it's more than one way to get this, this cat skint, Jordan. So I've also <laughs> said this. Told. Well. <laughs> so, uh, we did have a job, Phil, um, this week, though. Brett Bielema. I'd like to welcome Brett Bielema back uh, to college football. College football is just better when Brett Bielema is part of it, you know? 
What so, what was he doing prior to Illinois? He was a giant. Wasn't he the Giants' assistant coach? I think oh. he was like uh, somewhere in the Giants' organization staff. I think he was boys with Joe Judge because I know he was on the Patriots staff, and then I think Judge brought him over to the Giants. Did you know he's a native of Illinois? No, but I know he's got big Big Ten energy. He went to Iowa, right? He did go to Iowa. He is a native of Prophetstown, Illinois. Hmm. Nothing but offensive linemen coming out of there, I guess. A lot of corn-fed boys in that area <laughs> of the country. So, you know, the Big Ten stays Big Ten, and uh, we know what Brett Bielema is about when it comes to being a football coach. Uh, he, was, he was good at Arkansas. I mean, he was okay at Arkansas. He wasn't good. Uh, things really kind of – he was fine. Things really fell apart there. But I think the Arkansas job is a bigger – is a bigger problem than than Brett Bielema, if that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> Going to be an uphill battle battle there at all times, and uh, he he did pretty well at first, and I think he had a couple bad years, and it was time to move on from him. But he was yeah, good at Wisconsin. Those jobs were like a bad year or two will just bury you. It's yeah, it's really hard to to turn that boat back around once it starts drifting Correct. away. Definitely, but uh, a character and uh, a funny-looking guy, so always fun to have those kind of guys attached to uh, our college football Saturdays. Um, did a delightful interview on game day from his truck also. Which Live was from Brett Bielema's car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the hot seat stays hot. We won't bore you guys with those usual suspects there as well. Um, I don't I, – yeah. back to the Virginia Tech beat real quick. I don't know if Please. they've made any assistant changes – so far which is pretty wild if that's actually the case they're just do you, like, nope do you we're gonna think, run it back because there, there, uh, there was some thinking and, that the vote of confidence was going to come with some changes uh, in the assistant coaching love it that's the structure. desperation move we all know so well the yeah oh new, new offensive coordinator it's going to be all the problems are going to be fixed now that we have a new offensive coordinator yeah so i, I mean maybe Maybe credit to Wiz Babcock for just running out with the same squad and being like, "We're gonna, we're gonna do this until yeah. it doesn't happen anymore." But uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the situation. I, I don't think Virginia Tech's gonna necessarily fall behind <clears throat> with Fuente. I just don't think that they're going. I think they've leveled out at like a, just a pretty mediocre space, and I think they could be better. And yeah. um, well, so I, I mean, I be, think they're trending. They're still trending downward actively like i don't think they've okay. flattened um yeah see, i don't i don't know it's just it's hard for me the, to tell. Like, this the is weird year is as steep anymore yeah but that's probably true the but the, this was a weird year all around i just yeah i don't i, I wonder if it, they did some calculus there and it was like all right we're not probably going to fall that much farther behind any of our other adjacent rivals and or schools um it's probably not worth forking over the money right now when we could maybe do the same thing in a year I don't know. I don't know, like, to what degree uh, athletics administrations, like, have that frank of a conversation. But yeah. I think you got to have some version of that conversation. They certainly considered uh, letting him go. They certainly were not happy with the way things went last offseason with the whole Baylor shenanigans. And then you have you <laughs> and back it up with still a happen again this offseason. Exactly. And you back it up with a really bad season. So, um, well, a really bad season by their standards, I should say. So sure. that's, you know, is, is what it is. But, uh, um, all right, let's get to some games here for the weekend. Um, did you catch any? Oh, Louisiana Coastal got canceled. That's right. Um, which is a shame. Yes, which is it would have been the it would have been 
a chance for uh, Coastal Carolina to beat Louisiana for the second time this year, something that Iowa State was not able to do even yeah. once when they played them. So Wild. crazy. Yeah, wild how that all shook out. <laughs> uh, Boise played San Jose State. Uh, San Jose State won the game, won the Mountain West, and had some <laughs> delightful Twitter fingers going after so the game. Won the tweets, yes, they did. <laughs> uh, a a beautiful a beautiful music montage with uh, players kissing the trophy and saying how bizarre uh, and flashing just flaming people that were questioning San Jose State in the tweets, which was which was awesome. Um, I, I saw was it Jim Weber or someone on Twitter was like. How close are we to athletics departments just like just tweeting crotch chop gifts at each other after games, <laughs> like moving forward? I like, hope we get there, honestly. <laughs> just, just boo! Like there are certain schools that will never go to that level. Like you won't, and and I'm not saying that's always a good thing. Like UVA would never do that, and I'm kind of bummed. But yeah. um, like apparently they had they had some good. Uh, good topical timely content in the works for when they beat UNC this year that ended up getting nixed by somebody oh. up the chain. And uh, like, it wasn't even that uh, spicy. Um, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. So What's the I, point? I, I, mean, I think they're, the like, they're like slowly coming into the 21st century, but they like some schools will just very much err on the side of caution. Anyhow. Right. Um, I don't think anyone will ever beat. Was it Cincinnati that tweeted the "You hate to see a Disney like when you wish upon a star" Disney thing after they beat UCF a couple years ago? Holy moly, that was so aggressive. It was so good, and it was just like it, the Disney script is like ding, and then underneath Disney just said "You hate to see it." <laughs> oh man, man, I love it. Really good, one of my faves. So. Uh, shout out to San Jose State, though. That coach is probably on the short list to get hired at Arizona. Yeah. Who who did I, who else did I see was hired, uh, interviewing at Arizona? Is it that guy, Marcus Arroyo? He gets interviewed all the time. He's like some sort of Oregon like Oregon staffer or or something. No, oh, maybe Jay, Nor Jay Norvell? No. Coach? Okay. It was a guy who I thought, like, really? He's... He's interviewing there. I think it was an SEC guy. Um, huh. I'll I'll do some poking around, see if I can. Find Derek him. Mason. No. <laughs> Arizona goes right back to the well with reject SEC minority coach that like gets no chance to like better himself, which would really suck. So, um, let me know if you come up with it. Let's move to the Pac-12 championship game, though. This game was played on Friday night, and. That was a fun, a fun little football game broke out there. Uh, Oregon. It was eventful for sure. And Oregon appeared to be like, I would say much better. Didn't Alex, no, sorry. Okay, I found it. Go ahead. Alex Grinch. Oh, Oklahoma so, off defensive yeah, coordinator. Not an SEC guy. My apologies. But it was a name big enough to where I thought he was SEC. So Interesting. He's uh, one of those guys that's, you know. Big name, up and coming, future coach kind of kind of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. next year. All right, Pac-12 championship game. Oregon replaces uh, Washington in this game due to COVID concerns, and then wins the Pac-12 with a three and two record on the regular season. So shout out to Oregon for putting in the work, this season, doing what they needed to do. Um, I would just like to say I told you guys that USC was 
flirting with disaster. They had been flirting with disaster, and damn if they didn't almost pull it off again. Uh, I don't know that we weren't. It, we were in jeopardy of not covering here. Um, did see a path to not cover at, at, at one point, but uh, Oregon yeah, managed to have to go off. overtime for USC. Oregon did the lemon booty hang on for dear life thing that we have seen so many teams do over the years, but uh, they were up what 14 or so in the sort of in the second half on and off. And yeah. just like they, they really appeared to not trust the quarterback to throw the football, which I can't say I blame them. Um, Shug did not have, this is, is it show Shug? I think Shug? it's Shook. Shook. Okay. Did not have his best, uh, Best day. I will say he does not throw an exceedingly catchable football. Um, but we kind of you know. thought the same thing about Justin Herbert from time to time. And he's <laughs> this is true. Tearing up. The <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, Shook just kind of uh, a lot of like crossers over the middle that he just drills the ball right into his receivers like shoelaces. And it's just impossible for these guys to catch the ball and keep running. So they'll catch the ball for minimal gain. Yeah. There's a lot of that in the first half. Oregon ran the ball well. They leaned on die. Um, and uh, we're able to put a couple drives together and sort of just get some scores. Uh, Keaton Slovis did not have a great day at the office. Ooh. He made some just some questionable uh, decisions that resulted in like really untimely interceptions. And yeah, by the time he threw, he, he you know he was there leading the comeback at the end of the game, like they end up having to do every game. But uh, too little, too late. They ran out of time. And uh, that was that. So Oregon, your Pac-12 champions. Yeah, I, I was just curious. Like, this was another game where if I had more time on my hands, maybe I'd be interested in getting the All-22 to figure out what Oregon's defense was doing so well to, yeah. like, because I think the majority of the time was wrecking the timing of the USC well, offense. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like The majority of the time, it seemed like – Slovis had good enough protection to where his his timer should have gone off and he should get the ball out to somebody. But sure. it never seemed like anybody was clearly open enough for him to cut it loose. And so he'd just get into these situations all the time where he's like hyperventilating and moving around in the pocket but not really going anywhere and then he'd take a sack or throw yeah. a bad ball. He ran he did run himself into a couple sacks. I will say Kayvon Thibodeau looked like a yes. looks like a, a a future top five NFL draft pick. Uh yeah. he number one recruit in the country last year, I think, um had a good freshman campaign, has backed it up with a really strong campaign this year. He looks like a man. I mean he, he's mm-hmm. he's got the look of the like dominating edge rusher Jadevian Clowney type um that tends to be the number one um recruit in the country. So yeah. He looks really good. Yeah, I was I was impressed with Oregon's defense too. Uh I was impressed with their defensive line. I think what they were doing was just kind of rushing four uh, and and three even sometimes. And, and maybe even three and their defensive line was good enough to eventually get the pressure or to at least collapse the pocket and force like a reset and um you know, I think they probably just they played a lot of his own defense and and, and forced Slovis to try to pick it apart and he Slovis just it didn't appear that he was able to reset himself and then and then find open guys like he could yeah. do. He could find open guys if it was like in the in the flow of the play, or if they were running like deep deep flag routes or corner routes or something like that, where he could try to throw a guy open over the top. But he didn't really seem willing or able to kind of find guys in the middle of the defense uh, open. Um, right, and that certainly put them behind the ball until too late. I mean, they started moving the ball later, but um, you know, 
Oregon was able to hold on uh, mercifully. So shouts to Oregon. All right. Yeah, they did it. Go Ducks. Let's move to a, another, another, fun, another fun one, Northwestern at, uh, not at, but played Ohio State in the B1G championship game. Legendary matchup here. Pretty gross football game. I watched it this morning. I didn't really watch a whole lot of it while it was going down. Uh, caught some of it while getting the stuff ready on Saturday, but uh, kind of just Northwestern is the team that f- they're they're Virginia basketball. They force you to play their game and they drag you into it, and you have to be the bigger man and overcome it, or you might catch an L. And I mean, Ohio State didn't exactly look good in this game. Uh, they. Fields looked not good at all. Um, turned the ball over, bad interceptions, um, played kind of into Northwestern's defense. Eventually, Ohio State realized they didn't need Justin Fields to be very good, and they just gave the ball to uh, – is it Trey Sermon? Trey Sermon, I believe. Yeah, Oklahoma transfer Trey Sermon, who had himself a day uh, mm-hmm. to the tune of like 325 yards rushing, a handful of tugs probably, and – yeah, I mean, Ohio State did what they needed to do. This I found this game to be fantastically boring, and I found myself to be getting mad, preemptively mad that Ohio State was going to be part of the playoff yeah. uh, for when I saw just like how uninspired and like basically bad that they looked during this game. I don't want to. I don't want to. I know the team is dealing with some COVID concerns and had some guys out, uh, and that's unfortunate. But you like you have to hold the team's performance against them. They didn't look very good. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, sometimes it wasn't like they had a backup quarterback. Ready, but yeah. Well, this is true. But I mean, I'm for me, Logan Winehouse does right. not have to hold it that against. As for me in my house, I will hold it against them. <laughs> I will hold it against them. Yeah, a little disappointing. I mean, Fields Fields is good. I think he's really good. Um, yeah. And he's fun to watch. He did not. He they had a good plan for him, or he and he didn't have a good game. It was a mixture of both. I think. They were missing um, one of their their best receiver. Is it Olave? Uh, where mm-hmm. they were missing their one of their two best receivers. That I think, if you run the numbers on how many catches that Ohio State Ohio State team has, like those two guys have like ninety percent of their catches yeah. on the year. One of crazy. one of Fields' yeah. picks like was a miscommunication issue yeah. with a guy who was in Olave spot. So, um, right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the most frustrating thing is kind of like you said. Ohio State is not going to be maybe justly penalized for their lack of actually putting together a good body of work. Like, uh-huh. yes, they checked the boxes. They like they completed what was on the syllabus, but right. they never really played a, a complete game up to their potential, I don't believe, this year. Mm-hmm. And like who knows maybe they do in the playoff i would be shocked if that's the case yeah but, uh it's just disappointing to see so uh, definitely but yeah i was I impressed thought... with northwestern like they they did the thing and you called this like came out hair on fire in the first half got got the energy the momentum uh were they were they winning at the end of the first half um, yeah it was 10, i think it was 10 six at halftime yeah so like they they did all that and then they just ran out of gas and the talent discrepancy jumped on them a bit and and that was that 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one of those things that you you need to if you're going to come out with that much zest and and think you're doing really well, like you've got to be up by more than four yeah. at halftime because you know one play or one mismatch can get exploited pretty quickly if a team as talented as Ohio State. I would like to say Ohio State the past, even with having good quarterbacks and you know they had they had good running back um, last year as well, but I always feel like their offense looks aimless at times does that make sense like i mean that like it's very talented um they have obviously talent as much talent as anyone in the country to be honest you know maybe not alabama but um they're great at skill positions they're usually really good at quarterback but it it would appear that they don't i don't like doing the offensive identity thing because i think that's a bit like overrated and doesn't actually mean anything often when people say it but you watch ohio state and you like like this Trey Sermon character, he had like 340 rushing yards on the year yeah, until well, now. And then all of a sudden they were just like, oh, this guy, we could just give him the ball and just like let it happen. It's like that to me, that's weird that you kind of stumble into something that in it's my mind should have been a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it should have been a little more obvious. Um, do you do you think their offense is more or less disorganized than Miami's was this Ooh. year? <laughs> Um, you're trying to coax me into saying something good about uh about a whole. Old... You're either going to compliment Rhett Lashley <laughs> here, or you're just going to continue burying Ohio State. Um, I, I probably haven't seen enough Ohio State. I would yeah, I would wager I would wager that Ohio State's is more um organized. Yeah, than, I would say um, for sure. But Fields is more of a organized quarterback and like and, and i and i say that in I, I say that as a sort of a backhanded compliment to king but like i think king sort of seems to thrive off of the off of the chaos and, yeah and let, yeah let that kind of be his thing whereas like i think fields could thrive off the chaos but he more often than not is on schedule with the ball and knows where he wants to go and he's usually really accurate so it's kind of like uh they're just they're just different quarterbacks and um I think King's a better athlete probably than, than Fields, but I think Fields is a better like quarterback, uh, yeah. you know, in general. But I don't know. I just I, – I felt like even when Urban Meyer was there, you know, I didn't – Ohio State had like that weird thing where they had um, – who's the guy that played quarterback for them and ended up – that had the spin move against Virginia Tech and then ended up playing wide receiver. Um, he was like a five-star – Braxton Miller. He was like a five-star mm-hmm. quarterback. And then they had JT Barrett and they had old boy from the – or sorry, the Washington football team. Um, and and it was like, it, it just like they've had good quarterbacks and they've had good running backs and they've had good receivers. And it's kind of like, I never have really thought that their offense was that uh, like top shelf, given all the talent that they seem to kind of churn yeah. out at important that's positions. True. Like, I mean, you got first round draft picks at quarterback, man, that's, that's wild. So yeah. Um, anyhow. All right. This is, this is my weird half baked thoughts on Ohio state's uh, progress as a program. That's that's fine. You ready for the Big Twelve? Uh, yeah. Let's do Big Twelve. I mean, unless you really want to talk Clemson Notre Dame, it was a fun one. Uh, Big Twelve championship game pitted Oklahoma and Iowa State. Oklahoma came in six point favorite, and uh, they pushed. They pushed. They won by six. Embarrassing. Just embarrassing. They were up seventeen at halftime. Things were looking yeah. Gucci, and. They, I, they kinda, I don't know. Yeah, they kind of just like farted around in most of the second half. Wasn't Take a whole lot going on. Went home. Yeah, 
Um, Oklahoma's defense, though, vastly improved over the course of this year. Good for yes. them. Uh, their defense looks That's why nice. Why Alex Grinch is getting that Arizona job? Yeah, you're right. See ya. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. This was like not that fun. Uh, Rattler is going to be a problem. He's a good athlete. He's got a live arm. Can really spin the football and put it in there. Hazelwood is a really big, tall, lanky receiver that's going to be pretty good. So, I don't know. I think, I mean, Oklahoma's clearly not going anywhere, but uh, just sort of a a weird year for them. They, you know, to be honest, they like they got better over the course yeah. of the year to the point where it's like, you know, they're pretty much like where they should be, um, where I think we expected them to be. They and they dropped their groove. games this year. I mean, they eventually lost Iowa State, obviously, but um matt campbell had himself an afternoon very upset throughout the, the proceedings um there was a he perceived it as a missed offsides call in that i don't think hmm. there was contact made did you see that no oh man he got so mad like more mad like i'm talking will Muschamp, like mm. running down the sidelines i didn't know he was face. capable of that mad no oh it was crazy like he was he was doing the thing where he was like he was MFing the ref and then he was just pointing at the ref that made the call. And like the players were pushing him and he was just like standing there pointing at him, like with like the evil, you gotta look it up, dude. It was, it was crazy. So the the evil stink guy, he was mad. So there was a play at some point in the middle of the, it it was towards the end of the game, I think. And it looked like they were hard counting Oklahoma, Oklahoma jumped and then nothing happened. They got back on side. And then Oklahoma jumped again into the neutral zone, but the center didn't snap the ball. No one moved. No right. one touched him. So like the Oklahoma guy got back, even though he was way offside. Like that's not, I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not offsides unless there's unabated to the quarterback right. and like there was no contact made and he got back. So it's like, I, I see why Campbell was mad because it looked so egregious, but like got the, him twice, but you didn't really yes. get him. I would just say like, that's on the offensive line. Like if that guy comes across, just touch him. And then it's, or, and, snap and, it. and, yeah. or snap the ball center. Yeah. But, so that was kind of um, – it was a weird look. I, I, you know, I think I like him more now that I've seen the the, the, the top pop off like that because he seemed like kind of a – just kind of a mellow dude. Kind of a Sherman for a while. But, yeah, Oklahoma, your Big 12 champion. Um, I think they're the best team in the Big 12. I don't yes. really think that's uh, too much of a question at this point. They've been the best team in the Big 12 since they took their second loss. <laughs> they played really well down the stretch. And their defense has gotten a lot better. Credit to them for that. Yeah. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, anything to say? Uh, angry Clemson, just like we predicted. Travis Etienne is a beast. Um, it it pains me because I like I honestly didn't watch a whole lot of this, but I did catch the sequence where Clemson scored right before the end of the first half, and like they did yeah. not manage the clock well. Um, Trevor Lawrence spiked on a third and one because he thought like he thought they had been given the first down or something. And then they spent all this time around and trying to figure out like, are we going to call a timeout? Are we going to run a play? What are we going to do? Right. So they come out of the timeout and like Dabo is just heated. He's screaming whatever non curse words into the headset that he can because he's so disappointed and like, you know everything and then travis etienne just bails him out and gashes on on a little sweep to the left like goes right. goes puts it in for six and Dabo gets to be happy again so it's like i i i just hate seeing that in general as as we know how i feel about Dabo. 
I don't like seeing <laughs> petulance and temper tantrums rewarded like that. Um, sure. Fair enough. But yeah, they like they played really well, and I th- I think they are kind of peaking. And it was weird yeah. to see Notre Dame really not be able to match it at all. Like, yeah. You you could tell how big of a deal it was that Notre Dame a didn't have their home fans for this in right. terms of like in comparison to the first matchup and like they're just not used to this stage mm-hmm. really and Clemson very much is where it's kind of like the Miami Heat with LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade like the, the yeah. regular season didn't move the needle for them a whole lot but when it got to the playoffs they're like all right we're locked in now so yeah, hundred percent. I mean, having the d- defense be healthy uh, yep. certainly was a, a differentiator in this game. Skowski's back. Yeah, I think you had a safety or two back uh, in the rotation. Um, they did a really good job shutting down that tight end passing game that uh, Notre Dame tries to force, and they just they just ran out. And you know, we, we use coaching cliches and stuff sometimes, but uh, Notre Dame lost touch quickly in this game with Clemson. And they scored first too, and then Clemson yeah, just like, yeah zipped just out. Yeah. Game unhinged. It was like thir- was it thirty four to three at one point. I mean, pretty, pretty big. Pretty comfy pretty, cover for the Tigers. Pretty, pretty comfy cover for the Tigers. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's. I mean, that's got to be sour taste in your mouth, certainly for Notre Dame that now gets rewarded uh, with a uh, visit from Alabama. So good Some, luck. Someone on the uh, the Twitter dot com machine pointed out though that like. If, if Notre Dame didn't get in this year, they're definitely not joining a conference anytime soon. Like, <laughs> so maybe, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that nefariously conspiracy yeah. theory wise, but, uh, I just think I, 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 I ascribe to the penalty. I ascribe to the theory that if you get blown out in any game, you don't deserve to be in the playoff. All right. So sure. they got blown out in their most recent game. Like, why do they get another chance at this? Like right. to, I, I mean, like Texas A&M, sorry, you guys got blown out when you had a chance to play a playoff team. Like, so you guys are out too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I, I, and I have a tough time with like Ohio State being rewarded just because we all evidently just decided unilaterally that they were one of the best three teams a few weeks ago, and like we're just we're just gonna run run that out. Like, they've been number three the whole time without having to basically answer any real questions about like yeah. who it's they are as a team. I mean, if 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 uh, no, if Northwestern is your best win and you're really hanging your hat on that whooping that 10 point win you had over Northwestern in which you basically had to just like run a running back into dust yeah. just to be they able to pull it off like, to win. It's fine. Yeah. So, I mean, I just like, it's, uh, and then I, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm not making like a very good argument for who you then put in the right. playoff certainly, but I do think that there are some, some questions to be asked and answered uh, roundly. So let's move on to, you want to do Tulsa Cincinnati? Sure. I didn't watch any of it. Uh, any of it. Good for Tulsa, though. Hanging tight. It looks like Cincinnati pulled this one out by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. This game looked miserable. It was played in, uh, I saw Mike Gullett Jr. tweeted, but 39 degrees and raining. Uh, really, really tough conditions to play a football game. Cincinnati, uh, tough team. Tulsa, super tough team. Did not realize Tulsa was bringing that kind of lumber when I uh, watched the watched the tape when I was grinding the film today of this game, but a lot of pad popping out there, a lot of pad popping. Um, Tulsa was tough. They hung with them. 
Cincinnati was able to get the ball, go down the field, and, and kick a field goal right at the end to win this game. They did not cover, obviously, killing killing the dreams of many throughout the evening. But um, <laughs> I yeah, think the only that. content I saw from this game was a tweet where somebody screen grabbed one of Tulsa's defensive players, man, maybe, and said, man, that's how you ruin all white jerseys really easily because the guy was wearing like all black compression gear underneath of it. Yeah. So it just looked, it looked really <laughs> not really great. So. Yeah, I can see that. I can't believe that he was allowed to do that. It's a sin. Um, you get your find in the NFL. This is true. And then finally, we got the SEC championship game. Let's do Alabama it. versus Florida. Um, Alabama wins by six. Um, Whale of a game. We were on the game. A whale, an absolute whale of a game. Definitely a fun, um, a fun, a fun game. A bit of a track meet, a shootout. Two mm-hmm. brilliant offensive performances, I would mm-hmm. say. <clears throat> um, all around, uh, it it would have appeared that Florida had to work a little bit harder to get their points than Alabama did to get theirs. Um, but that all said, I don't think Alabama scored any points in the third period of this game, which is weird to think about. Wow. Uh, they went an entire quarter without scoring and still scored 52. So that's good. Good defensive effort out of Thanks, for the Todd. 45 minutes of the game. But uh, yeah, Alabama jumped out pretty early in this game, went right down the field. Uh, Florida answered right back with a real shot to Tony. Um, Florida did kind of like we talked about a, and Saban even called it out after the game, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, I know I read an article about this, so I, I feel like I'm like well learned on the subject, but Saban even said, like, well, they went empty so much, and it's just really hard. Alabama did, though, too, sometimes, which was really fun, just like video game football. But but Saban's point was just like when 84-1, and which is Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony are on the field, and they go empty, that's five receivers. And he's like, you can't just sit back there and play dime the whole time. You can't double-team both guys. And it was like that's exactly what we said before the game that Florida should be able to take advantage of. And Tony had 160 receiving yards and a touchdown, and Pitts had 130 receiving yards and a touchdown, and he had a sick catch in the end zone. The last, his last catch yeah. as a litigator was a great into triple coverage, like mossification type mm-hmm. touchdown catch. But I mean, personified his year. I mean, he was that dude this year, and um, went up and, and and caught the ball. Anyhow, yeah, that catch uh, was so impressive. Like the commentators thought he got away with OPI when it happened yeah. live. And then, and then they watched the replay like, and they're like, Oh no, he just went up that high. Yeah. yeah. Danielson was like, I thought he hooked him a little bit and pulled him down, but nope, I'm wrong. And I was like, wow, Gary Danielson said a, had, said a nice thing. Like, yeah. This is crazy. From your lips but, to God's ears, Gary. Uh, Najee Harris had uh, just an insane football game really put on for some NFL scouts in this game. Uh, Couple touchdown catches, couple touchdown runs. I think he had five total touchdowns in this game. Looked to be the best, one of the best players on the field. Devonta yeah. Smith. I mean, there was a ton of NFL skill talent on this field in this game, which was really fun. I thought um, the receivers from Florida, the receivers from Alabama, um, certainly none of the defensive players from Florida. But that's you know, it's a story for for a different. Uh, different complaining fest but someone, uh, yeah I mean, uh someone on twitter pointed out that Najee harris looks exactly like ann hathaway in the face i saw it Did and a little it? bit a little bit i could they go. have similar i could see it it's the like yeah. it's the eyebrows and the lips and the lips yep <laughs> the, the the pronounced like lips big smile too certainly yeah. um but a lot to smile yeah about for sure mac jones had a good game um 
Jordan, how do you feel? Let's have a brief Heisman conversation just real quick. Yeah. How do you feel about people who watch a game like that and, and their takeaway is like, oh, Mac Jones locked it up? Like, I, I don't agree with world, that. Okay, okay. Well, neither do I. And I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a douchey front-running Florida fan, and I'm just, like, looking right. for anything to latch on to. So I just wanted to make sure, like, it, my personal opinion is Mac Jones, like, has a lot to work with and a functioning running game. Yep. So it's like he isn't asked to do as much as Trask has to come out there and throw the ball, like, all Trask the time. had to have, have iced has great players, like, down, down like players. a pitcher last night, but – yeah, yeah, I think Yeah, I I think I don't want to say Mac Jones rides the coattails of all the talent around him cuz like he's got to yeah. make the throws, he's got to make the plays, which he does, but right. he is not the spark for that offense. Like he he's not the protagonist of what they do offensively. Kyle Trask is for uh Florida much more so than Mac Jones is for Alabama. Like, and and I think it's worth mentioning that it's it should be weighted more heavily impressive that Trask does these things when teams know that he has to do them. Like, agree. There's expectation on him, and he meets and exceeds expectation constantly, right. consistently, which is that much more impressive. Yeah, and they, yeah, and, and yeah, that because Florida needs that. To win, like I, I guess I just I don't agree with the take that's like, well, uh, Mullen pads his stats because he throws the ball all the time. I, like, well, no, I, I kind of like I kind of can see that angle, and I think it was almost to Florida's detriment last night because it seemed like they were hell bent on getting him another rushing touchdown, and he fumbled the ball a couple there times. Was range the amount of Kyle Trask QB runs last night, but. They, I think Florida had seen something on film where Alabama was vacating, and they thought they could take advantage of that. And to be honest, it was successful every time, except for there was there was one short one that didn't work. It, it happened a lot, and then there was the fumble. Obviously, that almost was a complete just disaster. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, I, I don't want I won't get too deep into this because like, it really does not matter. Right. I just I just think like the the idea that like well you know they won the game, so that he really sewed it up. How is how are all the? I mean, there's three dudes on Alabama that you can make. I think a great argument for deserve Heisman. Um, See, Smith, I, and I yeah. like you can simplify it. In my opinion, you can simplify it too. If you switched those two to the other team, like would they have the same season? Trask would for sure. But yeah, I don't think Mac Jones puts up near the same numbers in Florida's offense. He'd have a good season, but he wouldn't be what Trask is. Yeah, it could be. That's good. That's a good point. I, I guess I hadn't really thought of that, but um, yeah. So anyhow, I, I really this was a fun game. Florida did a good job of cutting into. Uh, Florida had an opportunity, especially after last week and being down fourteen or seventeen or however many they were down at halftime to kind of fold in this game, and they did. I thought a and especially the fact that they gave up a back-breaking touchdown drive right before halftime. Yes. Um, to cause they had cut into the lead, I think it was down to eleven, and then they gave up a they gave up a touchdown drive that I think pushed the lead to eighteen, going into half. Um, that you know they they came right out in the second half though, and they scored a touchdown. They didn't like we said they didn't let Alabama score any points in the third quarter. Cut into that lead, it was a four point game. Um, kind of it, it oscillated between four and eleven, and then it was fourteen I think at some point, and then Florida went for two. Yeah. Uh, did you? Were you tracking with why they went for two? So 
Danielson seemed to think that um, Mullen was going to go for two on the theoretical second touchdown to go for the win rather than try and send it in overtime because he figured they weren't going to be able to hang. He assumed that Mullen assumed they weren't going to be able to hang in overtime. Okay. So, so then his thinking was, well, if you're going to go for two on the second try, you can also go for two on the first try. And okay. if you miss it there, then going for two on the second ties you. Right. So that's still okay. within reach. Interesting. I mean, I, I the, the volume was way down when we were watching it, so I didn't I don't, didn't really get yeah. like all the conversation around that. But I was curious as to why they did that. It worked. Um, well, the first play they ran was a fade pass, which I am I'm very anti fade. And I, I they showed a little stat on the graphics bar when they were running that that up to this point they had failed on eight straight two point conversions this year. Love to see. It. Love which to is see. Crazy. It. <laughs> that is crazy. I'm surprised they went for it that many times. Well, that and like you have a mind as good as Mullins and Brian Johnson, and they yeah. like they don't have better two point plays in their back pocket. Like that's kind of really weird because they like Florida's a pretty good like uh, given the fact that they don't run the ball particularly well. They have a pretty good like goal line offense. They have a lot of crafty short little pass. like yeah. like short passing games and a lot of little in rounds and things that they can kind of do. So that is curious. But uh, regardless, they, they did get it, so they cut the cut it to six. But um, there was uh, basically Florida ran out of time at the end of the game yeah. there. Um, people were really getting on Mullen because I think he called a timeout uh, before the two-point conversion play, and it would have been really nice. Uh, Florida stopped Alabama. It would have been really nice to maybe have a minute on the clock instead of 26 seconds on the mm-hmm. clock at the end of the game. Um, but, I, mean, I don't know. That, that I, I kind of have a tough time doing that thing where you're like, oh, you know, Mullen needs to cut all the goofy stuff out if he ever thinks that like we're gonna be any good at all. It's like it's like so fatalist and ridiculous to like yeah. talk like that. You know, looking back, of course he wishes he had had that timeout back, sure. right? He's not an idiot and he knows how this goes. But you know, also uh, they called the timeout and they got the two point play and that they wanted to get in into the game at that point. So yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah, I, I, think, it, I think it's disappointing for Florida. The introspection moving forward needs to be the first half and the defensive mistakes and the third down penalties. And like, they also got some bad breaks, like incredible interception down there in the red zone. Mm -hmm. And you get your clock cleaned and fumble the ball. Like that play rarely to never happens. And for it to happen to you in a game yeah. where your margin of error is so thin to begin with, like that's so, just a tough break. Yeah. Cause Alabama scores one play later. So yeah. So the player talking about trading, like makes a great play on the football, mm-hmm. pretty much rips it away without looking at it. And, and uh, on, on a pass over the middle and is running back down the field, head eyes up the field. And John Mechie just absolutely decletes him, ear holes him from the side. I don't, I'm not doing the Zapruder film review. Was it targeting or not? There's dubious footage out there to suggest you could have at least reviewed it. There was no review. It doesn't matter. He fumbled the ball. He lost the ball. It was, it, it was a, it was a hell of a play by both guys, yes. to be honest. Well, I think, uh, I think Gary made the point when they showed the replay, like, oh, kind of funny that you can't block a guy that way, but you sure can, like, just, <laughs> just blow him up if he's got the ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was. Um, it was a big hit, but, uh, yeah. And that, that's unlucky. Um, Trask, Florida did get a little bit lucky later in the game. Trask, uh, they're coming out of the end zone. 
and um, Trask takes a drop back. The right tackle gets beat for the 500th time this year, just absolutely whooped. And, you know, Trask just doesn't see the guy coming and fumbles, and Alabama recovers. Uh, Florida does a good job standing strong there and holding them just to a field goal. That's what pushed the game from 11 to 14. Yeah. And then we kind of got into that, like, 7-14 point um, swing there for a while. But I-, I was impressed with Florida, man. They, they really showed yeah. up. Their offense looked great. They were, I mean, toe-to-toe with Alabama in that second half. Um, I have a stat for you, Jordan. Florida has lost three games this year by a total of 12 points. I did see that on the Twitter. In those games, they've given up an average of 43.3 points per game. Just over over City right there. That is my, I think, main problem. It's Mm -hmm. just uh, Florida just gives up points in bunches right now. And even though they have us, you know, if you're holding up they didn't allow any points in the third quarter as like a like some sort of weird moral victory. Yeah. Like, like Florida, I don't care. You could have given up seven points in the fourth quarter if you only gave up seven points in every other quarter. Yeah. You know that would have been I, I would have been happier the, with the that. The issue is you gave up enough over three, three quarters, quarters to lose. Exactly. Yes. So like, let's not like make it seem like the defense like had a coming of age moment or anything during this game. Like Alabama's awesome, dude. Their offense is amazing. Their skill talent is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you if you got to be able to go up against that, and you know, it was a valiant effort by the offense. They couldn't get all the way there uh, for reasons that were in and out of their control a little bit. You know, you you can't capitalize on the one takeaway you have because you really only have that takeaway for like three and a half total seconds before you fumble yeah. it right back to Alabama, which is unlucky. Um, you know, strip sack. Maybe you could say that's a little unlucky too. We, we know these things are kind of 50-50. You also didn't lose the ball somehow on another fumble at the goal line. And, you know, there's well, other... <laughs> there was another fumble where it looked like uh, Alabama jumped on it. Oh, yeah. Copeland. Wrestled uh, around. Yeah. yeah. I thought Copeland was going to be blown. I thought the player was going to be blown dead there for, for uh, forward progress. And then he somehow wrestles himself out of it. And you think, oh, yeah, what a tough play. <laughs> and he yeah. fumbled it. Four dudes jump on it from Alabama, and then well, a Gator like, got Yeah, and Tony, up Tony almost lost a fumble at the goal line yeah. that that he was ruled down for. He uh, does that a lot. That's yeah. like his – He he's like so wriggly and holds the ball like in one hand a lot that it, it often looks – like I, I personally don't think that that was – I think that was correctly called and it was confirmed. I think he had the ball in his hand when his elbow hit, and that's – Left hand, yeah. But it, it like doesn't look good and you wouldn't want to leave that open to interpretation. Right. <laughs> if they had called that a fumble, it would have stood as a fumble. I'm guessing. Yeah, so, that wasn't getting overturned. It was gonna stand yeah. with however they yeah. ruled it, but Right. So anyhow, um proud of the team, proud of the fight, especially after the way that, that LSU game went. Alabama looks great, dude. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like I do you I have a what do you think? What do you think the hypothetical line in a Florida Clemson game would be? Ooh. I I think Clemson would be favored by yeah. maybe like five. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I would I would probably agree. I'm just like trying to think about in the grand scheme of value. I mean, so Florida was a 17 and a half point dog to Alabama. I think Notre Dame opened as a 20 and a half. Well, they opened 17 and a half and it quickly got bet to 20 and a half today uh, for the playoff game. Like I'm, you know, I, I guess I'm just trying to like align goodness of teams here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'd be curious to know what the line on a hypothetical Texas A&M Florida game would be right now. 
Yeah. I don't think there's, there's gotta exactly be a website somewhere that lets you do that. But yeah, I, I kind of thought there would be too, because people often maybe that's say our that. million dollar idea. <laughs> I love you know I love handicapping games so. Um, I, I don't want to talk only about Florida. Florida. Alabama, Alabama was really good in this game. Uh, their offense is crazy good. Devonta Smith is is wonderful. They did lose an important piece, an emotional leader, Landon Dickerson, their offensive lineman in this game. Which, like, not not to clown on the guy, but he has some bad facial hair. Tough facial hair. Uh, well, I think he's a little bit of a goofball. So wouldn't surprise me. A lineman in general can, can out be of him. a bit strange. Right, right, but uh, yeah, definitely a fun game. I mean, it was, it was. I'm glad this was the last game on. It was fun to watch down the stretch. Um, good to be in the game. Uh, last time Florida played Alabama, they got absolutely smacked, and not, not to mention they were also wearing all orange in that game, which mm. was just an awful look. Uh, but yeah, hopefully this is. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw that they started the like the emotional SEC on CBS like monologue before the game was like in the beginning there were two alabama and florida <laughs> because it was like i think this alabama and florida has happened like 10 times in the sec championship game florida is the only team to ever beat alabama in the sec championship uh-huh. game which is kind of interesting um i mean there was a florida went on quite a run there in the 90s with steve Spurrier. they won like four straight they won a few straight with uh with meyer as well so good to be back um you know you know what I didn't see? I didn't see anyone saying, damn, I really wish Georgia was in this game. <laughs> yeah. Didn't see a whole lot of that sentiment out there, which is good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> good Good to know we're all on the same page. There, America. <laughs> Boy, we didn't have Georgia handing the ball Glad off. And we pop, agree on that. Just slowly falling more and more behind to Alabama as they continue to hand the ball off. And punt. Yeah, like, why don't about, these six-yard passes to our tight ends talk about how good touch with Alabama? Why is this not working? <laughs> right. Um, anything else on the SC championship? No. Do you see the uh, glittery pants, the, the glittery jumpsuit that the uh, sideline um, lady was wearing? I did. A lot it of swag. Was uh, it was an interesting look. <laughs> it was a lot. A lot I don't of confidence. Really know that, a lot of confidence. I don't know that the shoes. I don't really know that the shoes really went with the the sparkly jumpsuit. I'm gonna be yeah. honest. Well, it's 2020, I'm man. Like I, I'm not in touch with with high fashion anymore. <laughs> I get. I like you know. I like a jumpsuit. I like a jumpsuit on a girl. I think it's a good look. Yeah, in in the right context, for sure. You and, think? And, well, I'm not going down there. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. We got uh, New Year Six bowl games and playoff rankings came out in a much too long made for TV special today, in which they gave us the top three and then like just stopped for 15 minutes and just talked about the top three. Like we all weren't waiting to see who number four was going to be, but uh, in order, what a four hour show to get through. It was a four hour show. Yes. That is insane. Uh, in order, we had number one, Alabama, no surprise. Number two, Clemson. I don't think a surprise three, Ohio state, unfortunately not a surprise. And number four, Notre Dame. So those are your playoff four. poor Notre Dame gets to play Alabama. And, I mean, they weren't going to match him up with Clemson for a third time. And... I mean, I would have died from lulls if they had done that. It would have been would have been wonderful. But all right, we're going to um, run it back in January. We're <laughs> one more game. We're uh, blessed again with another um, Clemson Ohio State game. I recall that one got a little weird last year, so it did. Uh, it gets weird again. Listen, these are the best teams. I just am sick and tired of seeing the best them be the best teams. It's right. just annoying. Um, and I just like have some general takes that I, I it's 
it's tough to see Ohio State get rewarded for the sort of season that they had. Because um, you look at a team like Miami or a team like Florida who plays more games, and the more games you play, the more apt you are to lose a game. Yeah. Yes. Mathematically, and that is correct. I don't think this Ohio State team doesn't have a loss in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they look like they got a loss in them. And if in this in this in a 11 game schedule or a 10 game schedule um if I, if this ohio state team had absorbed a loss like are we would we make all the same excuses and just be like well it's you know, really tough and it's a big 10 you know just all these things that we he's so talented and it's kind of good i just i guess i'm i'm a little sick of the like pre-anointing um i'm not trying to make a case for texas a&m or florida right now right. i just i it's just like a sour taste in my mouth that like uh we we kind of have to resign ourselves to basically giving a whole lot of credence to who we think the best teams are at the beginning of the year. Yeah. No, I, I think for, for a cert, like, I think one of the big overall problems, the playoff system and the committee especially has at this point in its lifespan is that like nobody evaluates every team based just on the current season like sure. there's there's recency bias of previous years like there's stereotypes of conferences etc cetera, etc cetera. um but it feels like there are certain programs mm-hmm. where at the beginning of the year they they kind of get handed again like a syllabus or a checklist and as long as you guys do this you're in the playoff where it's yeah. like other schools other teams can do everything right, like a Cincinnati, like a Texas A&M to a degree, but like because they weren't one of the the teacher's pets, in in essence, like they they don't get judged on the same criteria. So, um, right. I think an expanded playoff to eight teams would help with that. I don't know that it would necessarily eliminate it. Um, I kind of maybe would like to see a computer component involved because I do think that eliminates the bias of previous years and, and our opinions of programs. Um, So I think there should be some degree of that involved and like bringing, bringing that back into the mix, it should be pointed out is not admitting defeat or like, admitting that the bcs was actually correct like i think it just shows maturity and common sense to be able to look at something and say like oh it could be better with some tweaks and to continue yeah yeah definitely i i yeah i I just think that the whole like we want to make sure that we're getting the best four teams is like it's kind of a cop-out in my mind um and I, i do think that having like you said, an expanded playoff would not only be more fun and more fair, uh, but I, I, I guess I just like don't think that it would take away from the regular season to the degree that everyone kind of holds up. They just like hold up this idea of the playoff as like every every week's every week's an elimination week, and like that's still pretty much true. Like if you yeah. you know like 
like Florida and Texas A&M wouldn't have been guaranteed into an 18 playoff this year yeah. necessarily. Like and the rankings would have been a little different based on like, once you know who your top four is, like the committee could care less who the next like handful are. Yeah. And you know, like a team like Cincinnati, like I'm, that sucks, man. And I heard uh, Richard Johnson on a different podcast say today that next year Cincinnati plays Indiana and they play, do they play Notre Dame? They play mm. Notre Dame next year. So it's like, if it could happen and, you know, we have to do, we have, but we have to do this thing where it's like, if it maybe could happen, maybe if, if Cincinnati is really good and goes undefeated next year and does a really good job of beating up on Indiana and Notre Dame to the degree that we deem acceptable. Yeah. But then then we, you also maybe. have to rely on Indiana and yeah. Notre Dame not having like right. four lost right. seasons. A down year. And, and, and then you, and then also like, you know, you got to hope that Clemson goes undefeated again. So that wipes out the whole ACC's chances. You got to hope that Bama goes undefeated again so that you don't have this thing where you have two SEC teams that deserve it, yeah. which not to say two SEC teams can't deserve it, but God forbid Oregon go undefeated and Oklahoma because then Cincinnati's still going to get left out because you're yeah. still going to do this thing where it's like they're not they're They don't belong. They're not part of the club. <clears throat> and we haven't even mentioned Ohio State. So, I mean, like, so that's you could have like six teams, right? That are all I think everyone goes undefeated next year. Yeah, then we right. have a real conundrum on our hands. Yeah, that would be great. But I mean, we kind of had that situation. We saw them leave, like, just basically say, like, "Sorry, Big Twelve, Baylor, TCU, you guys are out." Um, yeah. When that happened a few years ago, right? Like those two teams were forever on the outside looking in, and they made it pretty clear they weren't gonna. They just like weren't gonna entertain putting them in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, anyhow. Uh, I kind of wonder if we'll eventually get to eight, <clears throat> especially if the bowl crop maybe like this year is puts the nail in a couple bowls coffins and we I don't maybe see those bowls cycle. Yeah, or some some bowls that right. Maybe so it's like we might need it, it might anyway. be a good thing to make some money to maybe get some bowl affiliations tied up to some uh, some some of these quarterfinal type games or whatever you want to call them and. Um, yeah, I just think it would be fun. Like, I mean, Coastal Carolina, like, they went undefeated. They played uh, BYU at the drop of a hat. They won that game. Like, why – how have they not earned an opportunity in an 18 playoff to, like – I mean, screw it. Like, they, they're willing to play Alabama. Yeah. Like, I guarantee, I guarantee you they're willing they're to play. Scared. Like, you know, we're not going to – we're going to do this thing where it's like, oh, it's unsafe. Like, well, then get rid of one of those cupcake games where Alabama roasts, like, southeast Louisiana Monroe State, you know, northwest, and and let them – and we'll add another playoff game. Anyhow, I, I it's, like, kind of just – it's just a little infuriating, and it probably all is just, like, based – couched in a little bit of jealousy that, like, there's certain programs that are having such success right now, and I would like my program to be there. Um, also, Clemson gets – the easiest, like we, everybody does this fawning thing over Clemson every year. Like, wow, they just really know how to flip a switch when it's playoff time. It's like, yeah, that's because they can absolutely coast most of the season. I mean, this year they had to play Notre Dame in the middle of the year. So maybe this isn't the best example and they lost that game. But like, for the most part, their side of the ACC doesn't have a whole lot going on. <clears throat> and yeah. and that's, they, that's not their fault. That's Florida State and Louisville and all NC exactly. State their fault. And, they, you know, they played Texas A&M a couple years ago. So if you want to, like, get up and tell me that because they played Texas A&M in year one and two of the Jimbo Fisher era, then they're, you know, were really getting out of their box. Alabama then, this year? What? Were they, who were they supposed to open with this Ohio year? Ohio State? Was it Ohio State? I thought it was no. Ohio State or Alabama. 
I thought Oregon was supposed to play Ohio State, right? Uh, I don't remember. Georgia was supposed to play Virginia, right? Yeah, that was going to be the Chick-fil-A opener. Yeah, I'm not sure, but regardless, I mean, I just so so Clemson kind of gets like a huge benefit, I would say. But then everyone will just be like, well, the SEC's not that good because they used to play defense there. Now they don't play no defense anymore. And it's like, all right, well, yeah, somehow we just dump on the SEC because there's good offenses now and and stuff. But, like, we just continue. I I just don't hear enough. I just don't hear enough negative chatter about Clemson, really, is what I'm trying to get at. Except for this podcast. that's a credit to them for running a, a tight ship over there and having a lot of success and having great players and all of the above. Like, I don't want to make it seem like they're not good. They are very good. They beat yes. Alabama in the not so recent past. I just, it, that doesn't mean that they don't have like a demonstrably easier, easier path, especially with Florida state being awful, yeah. especially with they Louisville. They still catch this smoke as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, so anyhow, that's, that's a, uh, it, it is interesting how all these things play in to the mystique and the mythology of various programs and how we talk about them, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of um, is what it is. So we'll see. Looking at you, Florida State. Get your act together. Get the, uh, you know, get the ACC going. We've been, you know, Miami. I don't think Miami's up to the task, I'm going to be honest. Or maybe maybe it's Boston College's turn to be the, the foil to Clemson. There we go. Halfway in them, boys. Coming down 95. We ride as one. Um, all right, so uh, let's take a look at some of these other bowl games, though. So you just want to run? I can run through all the bowl games real quick. Actually, Jordan, just, real quick, how did we do picking games this weekend? Oh, I thought you'd never ask Logan, given the <laughs> week you had. <laughs> I just want to make sure we get out there. Yeah, I know Colin let's, let's put it into the the uh, universe, the ethosphere. Um, so I've got Jason bringing up the rear this week, two, three, and one. We did mm. have that Oklahoma push. Uh, I was in second place, three, two, and one, and Logan had a four, one, and one week. Um, Love it. We we went all the way through the conference championship week end to this point this year, and I am not seeing any purely zero loss or zero win weeks. So that's, that's, that's kind of interesting. That's a sure, a sure sign of success. A couple yeah. one and fours, we were flirting with it a couple so times. So I had a four oh and one week three, but I'm not that's really nice. counting that as a perfect week because we had a push. Um, but uh, overall standings on the year, Jason and Logan are tied for second at 34, 33, and 4, and I have a narrow one-game lead in the top spot, 35, 32, and 4. Nice. Everybody's over 500. Look at that. Yep, clinging on to it. We will have some more spread picks to make once uh, <laughs> once the playoffs and the New Year 6 comes around. But until Give me Bama. Time, Give me Bama to cover, baby. Bama. Yeah. Give me Bama. There's a moth. There's a moth in here. Got him. I flicked him. I don't know where he went. Got him real good, though. All right. Uh, We'll run through the bowl games real quick. Okay. I'll be snappy. December 21st, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, App State versus North Texas. December 22nd, we have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Tulane versus Nevada. There's a matchup. 
theroofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. There's never been a more South Florida sponsor than roofclaim.com. Uh, UCF versus BYU. Uh, I have this one marked with my Sharpie. Uh, to, yeah, when is that again? It's December 22nd, so that's Tuesday. A, a Tuesday. This week. So, well, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll place a call. Put a, put a text out there. I haven't been to Boca um, for my new job that uh, ostensibly occurs in Boca, but <laughs> I go to a bowl game there. That's not fun. <laughs> All right, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, uh, uh, Louisiana Tech versus Georgia Southern is on December 23rd. Also, the Montgomery Bowl, Memphis versus Florida Atlantic. There's a weird. Oof. No thanks. December 24th, the New Mexico Bowl, Hawaii versus Houston. Yes. Uh, December 25th, Christmas Day, the Camellia Bowl, Marshall versus Buffalo. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> December 26th, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Oh. It's a real shame Bad Boy Mowers got rid of of Bad Boy Mowers. South Carolina versus UAB. And oh my gosh, like who? (laughs) I mean, UAB is going to win. Just a little little tip for you guys. (laughs) UAB is going to win. Interim coach Mike Bobo can't can't get it done? I don't think so. Something Mm -hmm. tells me Shane Beamer isn't walking through that door. Uh, December 26th, the Cure Bowl. Liberty versus Coastal Carolina. Could be a fun matchup. Be a lot of points. The Serve Pro First Responder Bowl is Louisiana versus University of Texas San Antonio, who has accepted their second bowl bid this year after their first initial acceptance got canceled. The Lending Tree Bowl, Western Kentucky versus Georgia State. These are bad. Yeah. Uh, the Military Bowl. We don't have a matchup yet for the Military Bowl. Oh, I, I don't see troops. Pro- probably. The Cheese It Bowl. Yes. Oklahoma State versus Miami. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, I clicked out of that on accident. The Valero Alamo Bowl, Texas versus Colorado. It's like a very like 1996 matchup, right oh, there. Oh yeah, like, like there's gonna be a lot of dads and uncles just like, oh, <laughs> oh I remember man. back in my day, Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart was flinging them all around the yard. Major <laughs> Applewhite was knee high to a grasshopper, probably. Uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, yes. What a what a delightful and 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 the matchup could not be more mayonnaise. Wake Forest takes on Wisconsin in the Duke's mayonnaise. Oh, bowl, I thought Boston is, College was going to be in there. Uh, well, uh, I see Wake. Okay. Uh, the trans the trans perfect Music City Bowl, Iowa versus Missouri. Two musical uh, cities. <laughs> the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, Oklahoma versus Florida. Uh, it could be fun. We'll see what kind of opt-out situation of Florida Pitt- Florida is having. Yeah. Um, I know Pitts is not playing in this smart. game already. Smart, yeah. Uh, I would probably be surprised if Tony played in this game. I, Kyle Trask strikes me as the kind of guy that will play in this game. It's also in Texas. He's you know big Texas mm-hmm. energy. I could see him maybe playing, but he did get dinged up a little bit at the end of the uh, yeah. at the end of the, the the SEC championship game. So you know this might be Emory Jones' uh, time to. Get it popping. Throw a pass, finally. <laughs> He's thrown at least three or four. Uh, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Tulsa versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State might lose pretty bad to Tulsa. But Mississippi State has kind of turned a little bit of a corner. They yeah, they beat Missouri. Holy two points on Mizzou. Uh, the Arizona Bowl, these are December 31st games. Uh, Arizona Bowl, Ball State versus San Jose State. Ariz- uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl. West Virginia versus Tennessee. Oof. The Mercari Texas Bowl, Arkansas versus TCU. Uh, all right, January 1st, 
then we are getting into some more uh, big time games. Chick fil A Peach Bowl, Cincinnati versus Georgia. I like that. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Maybe. And we have the Verbo Citrus Bowl, Auburn versus Northwestern. Okay. The Citrus Bowl. Uh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl pits NC State versus Kentucky. Um, <laughs> I mean, these are these are not great. Outback Bowl, Ole Miss versus Indiana. Okay, I'm into that. Uh, the that. PlayStation Fiesta Bowl has Oregon versus Iowa State. No thanks. Um, and the Capital One Bowl is Texas A&M. Sorry, the Orange Bowl. Texas A&M versus North Carolina. That could be an interesting matchup. A clash of two styles. Yes, a good color matchup, though. Yeah. If as long as North Carolina's not wearing the navy, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Um, all right, that's all I got. I mean, that's uh, that's bowl season in a nutshell. Get excited. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm getting stoked right now, bro. Fully stoked for bowl Fully season. Stoked as I choke down that yawn. Um, I think maybe we're gonna need to postpone bachelor talk. Uh, but sounds like maybe our next bachelor uh talk will be. After the finale, is the finale After this finale week? Finale and drafting for yeah, we have another two episodes this week. Oh, that's right. All right, and, do you want to score update real quick, Jordan? Uh, for Bachelor, sure. Do you have it in front of you? I don't have it. I do. I do. Okay. Um, all right. So, just in case anybody's wondering, uh, Team Jordan has been eliminated from the proceedings for several for episodes, a couple weeks now. Um, R.I.P. to Jordan's sweet boys. Uh, Team Emily marching on strong still with uh, two contestants left. We have uh, I think Ben's going to show up. Brendan and Ivan. Ben, Ben, jacked, it, sweet idiot Ben uh, was sent home last week after he's going to come back. Ev- evidently not being able to tell Tasha that he loved her, even though he had like a really weird conversation with his um, family friend who also has been on Top Chef. Oh, uh, yeah friend of the podcast dave deacons pointed that out i've seen her before where is she from oh yeah she was on top chef like huh. what what a, what a pull so um he's like oh my god i do love her wow that guy's I'm, i've never realized i could love someone before my like, uh my take on ben is that he like he needs because i remember him saying he aggressively attacked some things in therapy and yeah. i think his strategy moving forward to, should be to aggressively attack a lot of other things in therapy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like as uh, as someone who directly benefits financially from the success of the therapy field, I would agree with that. I would also agree with that for for Ben. Uh, I think he he's got some work to do. So, some might say his own work. Some would call that he has some of his own work to do. Um, but uh, so, in a surprise to no one, Team Emily marches on uh a full 490 points clear of team logan uh she has 1690 minus 20 actually let's be fair uh she has 1670 yeah. logan has 1200 and jordan bring up the rear uh with 850 about to get doubled up, about to get doubled up by uh team emily Oof. with performance here on um the final couple of episodes we're really limping into the finish here Lost a little bit, as per usual, losing some steam as the season losing gets more steam, and then they just like throw episodes all on yes. top of you. Yeah, too. it's much more fun to watch when 
it's like 11 dudes giving each other grief and like playing like first Wonder half Bowl. of the season like, is where we yeah. shine oh yeah yeah definitely and when like ed is around just like giving weird looks and and stuff and just like um, being freely open that he gets botox every three months that was a while admission uh, yeah, yeah he's from miami yeah. <laughs> it fits it fits did you sure. did you have any uh hot takes from the mental law no that was so stupid i mean Yosef, like, though shout out to Yosef for coming back and not and moving an inch from his stupid hill that he's willing his on. right in the wood chipper uh i mean when chris harrison himself is like hey man what's wrong, wrong with you this. like that's <laughs> but i'm like, gonna try to help you out right now listen i am not you but uh anyhow yeah not a, not a great look for old Yosef, but hey, not much has been a great look for him of late. So, no. uh, I just forgot. Like, I forgot how bad that whole like situation was with him and Claire on the park bench. Like, yeah. he could have said what he said and then just been like, and like, I, so I think I should go home. But instead, he just like like seized an opportunity to double down repeatedly and like right. continued with like heap insults on top of uh, what Again, you're saying. Like, I've wild, wild to see. I can't imagine what must have been going through his head is like, okay, this is the optimal outcome when I start just like burying her. Like right. what, what is, what is going to happen in your best case scenario here? She mm-hmm. like, she becomes your, yeah, it's just, it is so like strange. i mean yeah you, you would think that he would be smart enough to know like this is the end for me so like maybe i'm gonna get my pound of flesh but it didn't even seem like it just seemed like he really wanted to like tell her some some things and it was yeah, i think i kind of it was just all right man we get it yeah. dude you're you're you clearly had you're a healthy relationship in your life anyhow all right well so go team emily um so remaining on the show heading into Fantasy final suites. final one-on-ones at fantasy suites we have ivan brendan and zach c uh do you have any sort of handicapping on, um on the so my my quick takes uh i think it's either going to be zach or ivan i like when i was prepping mentally for this show i was trying <laughs> to remember who the three remaining people were and i completely forgot about brendan so that doesn't oh, bode well for him great. um i think i think Ivan likes her more, but she likes Zach more. You, I think you're, I think you nailed it. I think that's exactly right. Um, I think Ivan probably is the best yes. marriage potential of Absolutely. the three. Um, it seems like just a real sweetheart. Yeah. I mean, God, that's, like, that's nothing against Zach, but he just seems like Zach just seems like he's kind of like got some other stuff going the on. Game, maybe a little bit. He seems too. Is it coy? Is coy the word? Like glib? I mean, like, and I, that could be his personality. Like, he's just always kind of like leaning back. Like, he acts like unsurprised by anything. And like that, that could be part of his personality. And I, yeah. I truly he think wears, that might be. He part wears of Travis part. Scott Jordans in in the La Quinta Resort at the in yeah. the Arizona I'm mess, Desert. I'm messing around. Okay, Palm he's not Street. messing. Around. Sorry. Shoe uh, game. Shoe game on point. But. uh yeah, I mean, Brendan's a real sweetheart. Like, I feel like Brendan would be a fun hang. He's like, I, he has a charming accent, and I like think he's a real nice guy. But yeah, yeah I don't. Uh, they seem like they've lost a little bit of steam because I would have, I would have put him like squarely in the front of the pack like two weeks ago, and now it just kind of seems like we haven't really seen much. Um, but who's to say? So you think Ben comes back? Yeah, 
Because are there any rules on the show? Like, what's the point of getting sent home? Like, they you just get to come that, back. They showed that clip of her, like, kind of in in a room where, like, she's like, "I'm supposed to have a rose ceremony. What am I supposed to do with this?" I think this uh, is Ben coming back and saying, "I love you," and I don't know why I didn't tell you that before, but I'm telling you now, and just a real a real bugaboo that she has to deal with. Um, sure i'm rooting for ivan personally but I yeah think, seems like, like, he seems like good people i i just think like her when she talks about zach like she made the comment like it would be so cool to go live in new york with zach like yeah. she's she's interested in in the package rather than yeah. like like the the other tertiary things as well that come with zach she's uh she's Ivan, like, with ivan the dates have just been all like cool chill like normal ish life stuff well, that's what but, i'm saying and it seems like they have a really great time and like yeah. they click well so, and you know hmm. all right well we believe me we will watch way too much bachelor this bachelorette this week and i guess i mean we gotta be ready to roll because i think the next season starts on january 4th yeah we got a draft like, holy moly this is, this is exhausting we're gonna have to set up a whole new spreadsheet we had to go through the whole process again where we do the uncomfortable thing where we judge the girls. But hopefully we have... <laughs> no, we can still roast some girls. Oh, yeah. This is fun. I did go back and listen to the draft, the, the Hannah Ann draft last year when the girl Katrina came up and I had the best single best joke I've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> she also likes to move her body like a cyclone. <laughs> I, I still go back to the Queen Latifah bit. <laughs> Bombing down that hill. (laughs) 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 We've had some good ones. You know, we really have covered some ground. If if whatever intern we get from Bridgewater College this year could could come through the archives and pull some of our best hits, that'd be great. Yeah, we got to do one of those greatest hits episodes that just has like little clips of uh, us just breaking down laughing too hard. (laughs) That would be an immense labor of love by whoever really put would. that together. If someone wants to do it, that's cool. I know Colin listens on like one and a half speed, so he could do it like 75% faster than anyone else. Um, we could also have the worst of, and we could just have Jason explaining the intricacies of his job. <laughs> Kidding! We're only JK, making fun of you because you're not Jason. Love you. Love you. I, know, I know you'll hear this for sure. So, All right. Um, ready to wrap it up? We're done. I think we're done. All right, All right cool. Another fun college football season down the drain. It's been a weird one, okay? Been a weird one. Uh, but, hey, guess what? At the end of the day, I'm talking Alabama. I'm talking Clemson. I'm talking Ohio State and Notre Dame. Let's do this. Uh, this is The Wheel Route. Thanks for joining us. Find us at The Wheel Route on Twitter. WheelRoutePodcast at gmail.com is the email address. TheWheelRoute.com. You can see the picks. Check our math. Um, and, hey, it sounds like you should be betting with us now instead of fading us, to be honest. So, uh, that said... Go Gators. Go Hoos.